welcome everybody to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and the DJ Jazzy Jeff to my Will Smith on my left is Spencer. How are you doing today? I like that. That, that was different. I was not expecting that, but I'm doing pretty good. To be honest, you'd probably be Will Smith and I'd be DJ Jazzy Jeff, considering I'm the one that's mixing stuff and, you know, but, and, and you're really the guy with the, the comic book knowledge coming from the top rope. But nonetheless, mm. oh, man, I, I start on the mic, so I got to pick you gotta, first. You gotta, yeah. If there was a draft, I go first. There's two people. Hey, Will I Smith. pick Will Smith. <laughs> Anybody would pick Will Smith. That's but DJ 100% Jazzy true. Jeff is the man. 100%. So, this episode was amazing. I, let's start there. I bet the best one yet, and it's not even close. This uh, this episode to me was better than the finale of WandaVision. I completely agree. 100%. I, I loved WandaVision. It was a great show, um, and the finale was very good. Uh, this show felt like a full movie mm. in terms of the emotions and the stuff that we got to cover. I mean, oh, my God. By the time I was done with it, I told you, like, it feels like with these miniseries shows that the end comes a lot faster than you'd like it to come. And when it finally comes, you're like, okay, that sucks. But today, or when I watched this, I was like, I'm satisfied <laughs> for yeah. the first time. Like it actually, you gave me pretty much everything I could ask for because multiple times I thought the show was over and they just kept going and more information, more information was coming out. And I, oh my God, the stuff we're going to cover today. I can't wait. I mean, I guess it's a good thing because we're doing the show right now. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what a show, right? It was what, so much fun. What an amazing show. We get, we got so much, and it really felt like it went, like it was an hour basically, about fifty minutes, and it felt like, it felt like fifty minutes in a good way, like it felt like we got a lot of stuff, and a perfect amount of time to go into that stuff. Like they didn't rush anything, but there was also no wasted motion. That's the best way to put it, I think. It gave me kind of an Infinity War vibe in that we just moved from place to place to place to place and everything felt natural. Everything felt smooth. And I think part of the reason why we kind of look back at it and we're like, well, it felt like it was thorough is because the main event of the show probably happened in the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, when we started off, we knew we talked about this last episode. We we're like, mm -hmm. how are they going to start this episode? Cause that's going to be so important. And apparently John got away and just kind of was succumbing to his demons in some garage. And immediately we get John Walker, Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes toe to toe <laughs> to toe to toe to toe to toe that Man. was insane i mean one I mean, of the better really... fighting sequences we've ever seen in the mcu yeah and they just really just went straight into it like they were just like you know <laughs> they fought you on sight <laughs> on sight and it was just so quick like it literally just picked up right where it left off they didn't do some kind of flashback scene no. to start the show they didn't I do any kind of thing coming. i did too I did too. I think I predicted that it would start out slow and then we would build to this, yeah. but no. Right. They were like, nah, we're just going to drop you right in. Here you go. I mean, immediately. Immediately. They like, were just toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and, and you could tell from the 
we, we got a midweek release of a little bit of the episode. It turned out to be the very beginning. And Bucky, as I mentioned to you, he just looked like, no, John, I do want this. I want to destroy you. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything you stand for. And I don't vibe with you at all. I'm here to make sure you never walk another day as Captain America. And you could feel the tension. Mm-hmm. And of course, with Sam, there's always the, can I save this person, you know, attitude. But mm. Sam was fed up too. He was like, you're not going to kill anybody else on my watch. Yeah. And the funny thing is we were kind of right. He was really strong. <laughs> He's really strong, he man. He's stronger than the two of them combined for yeah. most of that fight. They got a little lucky. Yeah. And he was, he's amazingly powerful. And, uh, but you know, the, the, all the stuff that we've talked about, especially last episode, you know, he talked about the differences, you know, between him and Steve Rogers. Like you kind of saw this coming, but there was a few things that I've, that I've not been paying attention, close enough attention to. Um, and like, it's just been kind of pointed out to me over the week, like just how drastic the differences are between the two characters, you know, Steve Rogers, anytime in the MCU, he ever introduced himself. He never introduced himself as Captain America. He introduced himself as Steve Rogers. Like, even though it's comical when he first meets Groot, he's like, I am Groot. And then it's like, I am Steve Rogers. Rogers. (laughs) Like great scene. But like, yeah, he's always Steve first. He's not Captain America. And he's anytime, a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, he's a kid from Brooklyn. And with John Walker, he's like, I'm Captain America. You know. I demand respect. Exactly. And um Man, such a great fight scene. I ooh, like the whole like snapping of the arm type situation that Yeah, no wow. blood this episode really. Just some, uh, not really. Just some gruesome just, bone breaks. Yeah. <laughs> But I really thought Bucky was gone for a minute because he hit him right. He just bonked him right on the head with the shield. And then it looked like he was going to kill Sam. And I was like, oh, no. But Bucky prevented it. Oh, happening. my God. That was such Bucky a... came in. at like It was like the Undertaker kicking out of a <laughs> WrestleMania <laughs> yes. you know, two count. I was yes. like, whoa. That yes. was really close because they gave you the same angle. And right. We've heard, man. There's going to be tears in this episode. This is going to be a sad episode. And you know, they weren't wrong because I had tears in many episodes, but mostly they were tears of joy. I, I am so glad you said that because that's exactly what it reminded me of. And and for those who aren't wrestling fans, you won't understand it. But like, you know, the meme, though, WrestleMania 28, Shawn Michaels, like, gets the sweet chin music on The Undertaker. He's the special referee for the match. He's not supposed to be involved. And night, he just night. like kicks him and he's like in the corner, like shaking. Yeah. And you think, oh, this is over. Like, that's it. That's how this ends. Finally and have somebody. kicks out. <laughs> and they're back. And he kicks out. I thought out. Sam was gone. I, I mean, I know it sounds silly almost because why would he die there, right? It, it doesn't really make sense. But, like, it, I just had they got they got a moment I was tricked. Right. I really deep down, like, gasped. Yeah, they like, got us. I didn't want him to die. I was genuinely rooting for him at that moment. And isn't that what this is all about? Like, I was lost. It, I I watched it on my break during work, and I was just at home, like, just enjoying. I mean, this has been so fun. Doing this show isn't a cherry on the top, but being able to come home every Friday knowing I have this awesome thing to look forward to mm-hmm. has been so amazing. It makes the week 
go by. It gives you something to look forward to exactly. every single week. Yeah. And they've really been pushing the boundaries here. And the the idea of losing Sam like hurt. And mm-hmm. that that was a cool moment because I realized how much I deeply care for his character now. Yeah. Because it it wasn't an afterthought, but he's a secondary piece to uh you know, if he had died to save Captain America or something in Endgame, you would have been like, Whew. Mm-hmm. Chris is okay, you know. Steve, right. Steve Rogers right. made it. Steve Rogers made and, it. And and I, I genuinely would have felt that. I would have been sad that we lost Falcon, but I've been like, that's okay. It was he was there to help Steve. And now I'm like, yo, Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> Get him, you know. Get him. Tapping on the yeah. you know, the the <laughs> coffee table. Like, oh my God, this scene was incredible. The fight choreography was amazing. They really looked like here was the difference. This is why probably it's one of the best fights in the MCU. They wanted to kill each other. Mm-hmm. They they had that intent. Especially John. John mm-hmm. Walker wanted to kill them. Mm-hmm. And you could see in the way he was moving, he was trying to kill them. Every every throw and every punch was a kill shot. And he hit some of them, but you're dealing with, they're mostly on Bucky, and Bucky is a super soldier, so he was able to kind of fend some of that off. But there were moments where he went in for the literal kill and barely missed and yeah. my heart was just on the floor yeah for sure and you know as much as people talk about you know sebastian stan from and we talked about it too like how well of an acting job he did in the last episode yes people are very very much so like not looking at the quality acting we're getting from wyatt russell as well as the guy who's playing uh isaiah why it's been amazing like and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later too but we'll like it really into wyatt as well but yeah, they, they both of them have done such a fantastic. I think everybody really has done a fantastic job. Like uh, this episode hits you deep. Yeah, so deep. I mean, why? Why its ability to show frustration and uh, anger, and, and as we've seen, embarrassment, insecurities. Like mm-hmm. I really felt it. Like I felt bad for him in that moment when he was talking to them. He kind of felt like he had nothing left to to do, and why not kill these other two people that are in his way? Because he wasn't gonna go quietly, because he couldn't, because he knew it was gonna happen. He was gonna lose his Captain America ship, um, so he knew he had to win the fight because he's got to keep these things, and he he couldn't win the fight. He he lost to two people, a super soldier and a well trained soldier. And no shame in that for the the fighting capabilities of this this guy that may still have a role in the future. I mean, yeah, that sure. fight was it was so fun to watch, and it set the tone for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it, it, uh, just cannot say enough about this. They, the like you said, the fight choreography, just the uh, the filmmaking aspect of it too, was just phenomenal. Because, like you said, man, they, it really made you feel something else that you knew wasn't going to happen, but you, you felt it (laughs) like, like you said, like we knew like it, the show's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like episode left, like why would they kill one of them? (laughs) You know, but that believability episode's just called the Winter Soldier. (laughs) Yeah. Like the, the whole believability of things just went right out the window in that moment. And that's just because of how well done the show was. And, uh, and I bought in man. Me too. What a, what a, man, what an opening. That was like the first 10 minutes of the show. Like first seven, first eight. Yeah. It was, it Amazing. was all action. Um, 
and I thought I thought maybe somebody was gonna die. And then when they got the upper hand, I thought they're gonna kill John. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And it's not because it's uncomfortable when you sit back, but <laughs> it is though. Um, it, it was just an incredible way to start the episode, and it led us straight into another cool moment. There's no no days off in this episode. There was you know action to action whether it was fighting or just something really entertaining along the way, because immediately after we see Sam talking to Torres, which is his buddy that we saw uh, to really just start episode one. Mm -hmm. And we've been wondering this whole time, man, does he have a place in this thing? And, you know, he has some comic reference that you can point to, but of course with these, you know, third characters, you're never sure if they're going to get their due Mm -hmm. and he may not. So we're only speculating at this point in time, but, when Sam grabbed the shield from John, and that was the other thing, was that Bucky actually kind of ended up with the shield in the fight, and then he gave it to Sam and walked away. And so Sam now has the shield, and he you know, shows Torres, hey, my, my wings are destroyed. Um, they're in a bag, and Torres is looking him over, and as Sam leaves, after their little discussion, he says, hey, you forgot your wings. And Sam, of course, says, you can keep them. Mm-hmm. Wash off with layered. the shield. Yeah. And so that told me, as we were talking earlier, that told me immediately, I, I my bird brain was like, oh, Sam's going to take over the mantle. Mm-hmm. He decided he's going to be Captain America. But then my later brain, on. My brain was immediately yeah. like, oh, he's going to be Cap. And Taurus is now going to be Falcon. Which is so cool. Yeah. You know where my brain immediately went when I retroactively thought that? Hmm. Uh, what's his name from uh, Dark Knight Rises? Oh yeah, when he's becoming yeah. Robin, well, well, Nightwing. Yes, we, yeah, uh, it's Nightwing. Was, we, I think we've talked about. I don't know if we talked about that or not. Uh, we were talking about like so. differences between Marvel and DC. Yeah, well, uh, it might have been in the discussion and and what they've missed yeah. because they could have built on that. But like, it gave yeah. me those those same vibes. chills of when right. like there's a character that's in, being introduced to you here that may or may not be in the future, but it's that little Marvel thing where they mm-hmm. just show you something and we may not get him as uh, Falcon for quite some time, but I think we do. Um, I hope so. And like, maybe he's in the last soon. episode. We'll yeah. see. But that gave us a little shot of, Hey, this guy, he has some more in him. Mm-hmm. And so that was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm, man, I would have never put the Nightwing thing together, but like, Man, what a missed opportunity. I too. know. We, we could have had a Nightwing trilogy that would have it's been too awesome. Bad, uh, but Christopher Nolan was just like, eh, done. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good with this. But um, yeah, uh, what an, yeah, just really cool moment because yeah. it, it definitely does, I think, to me, it sets up Torres as, as the new Falcon. And it's Sam's moment as old Steve Rogers. He goes, you know yeah. what? I don't have an use for that anymore. You know? No, that, I don't think I will. Yours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I will pick up the bill. I don't think I will. You can keep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Sam at like yeah. dinner with Torres. Like <laughs> you yeah, can keep you it. Can keep it. <laughs> um, immediately after that, we head to another high stakes scene with John Walker. Apparently he had been taken into some sort of custody from their fight. And since he had a broken arm, uh, he was in no position to, to fend off, you know, people. And he's basically in a courtroom in Washington, D.C., but it's not a courtroom. It's more of like a uh, you've been summoned to speak room. And he was speaking or actually listening to like a counsel 
and they were stripping him of his Captain America title. And really, honestly, above that, stripping him of everything he's ever worked for in life. Yeah. And tearing him down in front of his peers and telling him, you will never have the support of us again. You will never be funded by us again. You will not be taken care of for the rest of your life. You have nothing left that you've earned throughout your time. And the only reason you're not going to prison is because of what you've done. Mm-hmm. That hit. That hit John Walker. Mm-hmm. He fought back. That hit me, honestly. Because, uh, you know, it's... um, I kind of see both sides of it. I see John Walker's side in a way, but I also see their side. It seems a bit rash to do that I don't think that that would be a real life scenario I think they'd let him keep the pension and stuff they just would strip him of everything else and they wouldn't probably wouldn't mention him again ever and he wouldn't have any opportunities in the military or any kind of career opportunities after that but um, the stripping of the pension and like benefits and stuff like that like that's yeah that's where he kind of but it was also like they weren't willing to hear his side of the story either. He didn't get his day in court. He did not get his day in court, and it felt, like, unjust to him. And, you know, he starts banging on the, like, podium and stuff like that, and he's frustrated because they're not listening. And that was such a such a cool scene because there's, like, these underlying currents between every character now of, like, not being seen, not being heard, not being, uh, you know... Um, broadcast in a, in, a, in a certain way that other people would be um, so yeah it was just a very 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 cool scene that kind of ties him into everything else now which is uh, man I, I just once again cannot say enough about Marvel writing they're, they're doing a phenomenal job with this it's, I've been really impressed Yeah, and remember what he said maybe the most important thing he said because they've, they've leaned into this more than I thought they'd be willing to he basically said, and I don't have the quote, you created me. Mm-hmm. Everything that you hate, you built. Mm-hmm. I am a product of the United States military. Mm-hmm. I am the best at what I was trained to do. And what you trained me to do is what you wanted me to do. Yeah, which, which... Now I kill somebody on your behalf, but you didn't authorize me to do it. And you're taking everything I've ever worked for away from me. Mm-hmm. You made me who I am. Yeah. It, it really... That like, was tough, man. It, it hits home. Like, it's one of those things. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before, I think, a little bit uh, last episode. But, like, veterans and stuff that, you know, come home and they're mistreated by their government, but also by their people. Yeah. You know, and we've we've seen this with, you know, black veterans. We've seen this with just veterans in general. You know, how many of them after the Vietnam War or even currently where they come back and they're told that they're heroes, but then they're homeless. You know, they don't really have Beyond a place. That, what you know. Muhammad Ali said way back in the day. Right. Why would I fight for a war when I can't come back and eat in my right. hometown? Right. You yeah. Know? And so, so many things going on. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it really makes you wonder, you know, we, we, and that's the, kind of one of those underlying themes. You know, we talk about like nationalism earlier in the show, uh, earlier episodes. We talked about like patriotism and stuff like that as well. And it's like, 
you know, we're so willing to fight for things that we think we believe in when it comes to our veterans, but yet we're not fighting for them to be taken care of, you know, like these guys shouldn't be coming home in the shape that they're in and then just being told that they can't be taken care of because of this or that, you know, how many of them come home with PTSD and it just doesn't get, you know, uh, treated properly because of uh, having to see multiple different doctors and stuff like that. Then they lose hope. And then, you know, what happens happens. But uh, it just really makes you question a lot of things because in this country, I feel like we do this and it's being told now in this story. And once again, they're, they're really like, um, like getting into things in real life situations that are, it's just awesome because it's perfect for the times. It's always like table discussion really. And to tie that in and make these characters more relatable, it just makes the enjoyment of the show that much more to me. They're tackling so many very difficult topics and able to do it in a way where to reiterate that's not the point of these shows. Mm-mm. The point of the shows is to introduce and flesh out storylines for characters that we know and like. But along the way, they're dipping into some really interesting stuff that relates to our everyday uh, life and scenarios that we don't see that much in uh, Marvel or DC or any kind of on-screen superhero nature. Um, it's just not normal. So to have all these cool storylines and to deal with the PTSD and the military nature of these things, you know, the only military stuff we've really gotten is, is Tony Stark and, you know, war selling weapons. Yeah. Like and the, the weapons. Yeah. But now we're seeing the product of the military, the actual people. And he's as important as anybody to this series right now. You'd ar- argue maybe the most important character so far in this uh, TV series. And he's just been so relatable, not in the way that it seems like deep down, he's kind of become a monster, Mm. but maybe he wasn't always that way. Yeah. And who is to blame? That's a really difficult discussion. Not one we're going to have today, but like at the end of the day, does a bad person always do bad things? And it is, is it their fault if they have something inside them that makes them do bad things? That's tough, man. It is. It is. It's a very tough conversation to have, you know, um, because I don't really think that people like there's certain situations where people do bad things that it's like kind of understandable because you're like, well, given the circumstances and the situations, how many other people would probably do that same bad thing? So, uh, it, it is a very, very complex, tough thing to get into for sure. But I'm so glad that they're kind of tackling this and yeah, it's, letting it play out. To. Yeah. Because if, if you don't, you're avoiding it. Exactly. Because it's relevant to these topics. Yeah. It kind of reminded me this whole scenario of Age of Ultron when Ultron first is birthed. Mm, yeah. And um, I think it was Banner that said, it might have been Stark, but anyway he kills Jarvis and they basically said 
that wasn't strategy. That wasn't like something where it was the best idea for him to do it. He said that was rage. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at what Ultron did, he just killed because he felt like killing. He had this instinctual thing that a computer isn't supposed to have. And then there's this soldier who he was upset because his friend died, but he didn't kill the murderer. No, <laughs> he killed the first guy he could get to. Yeah. That was the rage. The justification, I, honestly, if he had killed Carly and it was like eye for an eye, mm -hmm. you can at least get that. You know, right. he goes back to the family, goes, you know what? I took out the, the terrorist that killed your son, my best friend. You can kind of, kind of work with that, but he killed <laughs> A dude and, that hasn't done anything really wrong right. and that was that loved Captain America as a kid and probably would have reasoned with him in person. Exactly. Exactly. And was and was in the business of talking Carly down usually from doing things that maybe she was enraged about. And he was like, wait, we, we are people at the end of the day. And he killed that guy. Mm -hmm. So it's this decision making has been reckless. And it's been rage. It has not been strategy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I watched Age of Ultron like three nights ago. So it's oh, just yeah, out yeah. of my it's brain. On your brain. I just, whenever it's on TV, I just watch it. But it really reminded me of, of that, like, this isn't strategy, it's rage. That's what it's become for John Walker. This is no longer, at this point, it was no longer, what's the best way to be Captain America? What's the best way to do this? It was, I'm mad and I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah. And now I'm going to kill you because you're mad at me for killing somebody. Like, he's, and it's, he had lost control. And it, and it brings up that, you know, unfortunate topic that we're kind of dealing with currently and that, you know, is killing killing the only option now for, for people like this? You know what I mean? Like, killing should not be your first instinct in regardless of the situation. Like, you know, I, I understand, like, yeah, his best friend died in a tragic accident. I would not say anything yeah, other than that because I don't... Like she was trying to kill anybody. It, it didn't. It seemed it just seemed like she doesn't even know what she has in her and the power that it has. And she also didn't know him. So she didn't know if he was a super soldier yeah. or not either, right? Well, she wasn't so she like, didn't really care. She was just right. a dude that was fighting her. And she's just she like, get off, bang, and yeah. he dies. And she's like, him. oh, my gosh. The punch didn't kill him. Yeah. Right. It was, the, it was the hit pole. on the pole and stuff like that. Right. So, like, your your, your instinct should not just be kill. You know what I mean? And and that's where it And that's where it comes down to that courtroom and he goes, You taught right, me this. You taught me this exactly. When I see danger, I go to danger and I kill. Kill. Right. That's what I got from that. Mm -hmm. Is that he's getting into I was a specialized killer. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm doing it on your behalf, you don't like the way I'm doing it. Right. I mean it was a great scene. Um as you mentioned, he didn't really get to be heard. And so and I think if he was heard he almost would have just gone his merry way mm -hmm. and like said, okay, they made their decision, but he's still stewing. He's with his wife and they're just sitting kind of in the lobby and on screen, we see feet. We see like blurred, you know, person. We see more feet. They're, they're doing this thing where somebody's coming in that they don't want you to see until they make this dramatic, until they uh, want you, to. you know, entrance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, in my notes, Elaine Bennis enters. If you're a Seinfeld fan, right. we see Elaine from Elaine. Seinfeld. Um, she's, she's dancing. She's had quite an acting career since. Yeah, <laughs> that is her supervillain power. Yeah. Um, she's had quite an acting career. She's a big get for the Marvel Universe. Um, I I don't 
here's the thing. I usually watch it like three times before we do the podcast. I was just so excited. I needed to talk about it. I don't remember her name. She, which is funny enough because she, she literally said it twice and then said, I don't like repeating myself. So just it's call a, me Val. It's a very long name. Um, Valerie so Fontaine. You're going to have to clue like me that. in here because I genuinely, again, guys, I'm, I'm the Marvel movie fan dabble in comic stuff. Spencer's here to slap me upside yeah. the head. <laughs> so please do tell me what I need to know about this character or what you think may be happening here. I don't know what they'll do with it because there's a very there's a lot of different narratives they could choose from. In fact, I think in total there's like five different narratives they could really use with her. So it's a very very interesting thing and a very interesting character to bring into the MCU, uh, especially in this show. Um, just based off of two of the five narratives that I kind of remember. Um, because she was a um, a big top dog in S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point in, in comic history and also was a big top dog in HYDRA. She was like Madam HYDRA uh, at one point in, in the uh, comic lore. So... Um, Another character from the 616 universe, which is very, you know, like, duh. But, so we're still kind of not getting into, like, big-time multiversal characters yet, which is fine. You know, there's still a ton of characters in the 616 universe that we haven't even gotten into yet. So it's nice that they're actually bringing in, like, characters, like you said, that, like, most people probably would not know at all. Um... Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this... I, I, th I thought it was Elaine Venice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, was, I was genuinely excited. I had no clue who she was. Right. And I just saw her on screen. I'm like, should I be like over the moon? Like, what's happening here? And I was just very intrigued. At first, when she said her name, I was I don't know why I heard Morgan Le Fay, and I popped big time. <laughs> and close. then and then she said it again, and I was like, yeah, she oh, said wait. it twice to correct you. Yeah. She said it twice, and I was like, oh wait, okay. So just call me Val. You know call what I. Val. This is just my brain because I had no source material here. Uh, what I the vibe I got from her was, um, what's her name from The Incredibles that designs the suits? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. that reminds yeah. me of her for some reason. Right. Um, so I guess in your knowledge of her, is she more of like, I have an inside track to something because I know a lot of people kind of character? Yeah, she's kind of like the boss lady type situation where like. You know, obviously, like I said, she was a higher up in both S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA at some point. So she's got that, uh, like, Everett Ross type vibe, but, like, yeah. also not. Because, like, she's, I believe she has some kind of ability. I don't remember exactly what it is. I could be totally yeah. wrong, too. She has a purple but... streak in her hair for what that's worth. Right. Um, uh, which I, I think. insinuates something. I think they kind of changed that because yeah, I, I think in the comic, I think it was white. Yeah. 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 She probably Perfect. didn't want to wear a white streak. Right. <laughs> that Elaine or yeah. um, Julia was probably like, mm, not a good like look for purple. me, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't do that. The, the <laughs> only thing that's a little bit confusing to me is that if she's like setting him up to be something else because she likes his style, she likes what she sees mm -hmm. um, and he's free. He's not going to prison or anything. Uh why is he creating his own shield at the end? Couldn't she maybe pull some strings and get some supplies or something? Uh, I would assume that it's, she said when she calls him. That's true. So 
what I'm assuming that we're getting here is some type of, like I said, I think last episode, I don't remember, but I think we'll get some kind of Thunderbolts type situation where we get a group of antiheroes and you could potentially have a group of people that includes two of those people being Zemo and U.S. Agent and them working together uh, because obviously like uh, John Walker's nationality doesn't really affect him anymore now. Like it's he's a different kind of person now and we see that multiple times throughout the rest of the episode but like uh, you, you, I can totally see them doing some kind of group effort with him leading it that's kind of like a Suicide Squad type situation for the Marvel Universe um, which they might brand as something from the past but like create different characters instead like I said like Thunderbolts would be one but there's been so many people that have been in Thunderbolts or right. so many people that have been in you know like it's kind of like the X-Force there's so yeah. many different people that have been in the X-Force, so it just kind of depends on which source material source material you're using. But you can also just, as in the MCU, you can just say, well, we'll use the Thunderbolts name, and we may keep, like, two characters from, you know, a specific source material from that era, and then we'll just kind of put in some different characters that we would like to put in as the Thunderbolts. Do you think we'll see her again next episode or do you think that was a little throwaway for the future? Um, I think we'll, we won't see her. I think she makes the call next episode at the okay. very end. And that's where we maybe get some kind of like initiative speech or something from her. Okay. Yeah. I, I hope so. I want to see more of her. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, anytime a new character enters the universe, it's yeah. super exciting. And uh, when they gave her that kind of entrance entrance. It's not like, Oh, that looks like somebody that might be in the comics. It was like, hey, here's my name twice. Right. I'm really important. I'm going to help you. <laughs> what I thought was really cool about that scene, and it might have been a throwaway to some, but I took it for like way bigger than maybe I should have. But like she says something about, you know, oh, well, those suits in there, they work in white and black. Like it, it, everything is in, yeah, you know, I can't remember the exact lines, but there's, yeah. there's suits line of some kind. Right. Everything is like to plan and they create the laws and stuff like that yes and she says i work in the gray area well she and then said, she gives him a card that yeah, doesn't have anything on it but it's black and white and he's like it's just black and white right like it went right over his head but she said i work in the gray area so it makes sense do you think that that's just like really clever or do you think maybe her info's in the middle of it if you like tear it apart and no i think it was just no, a clever like line the joker right very much very much so i didn't understand it at first yeah and she she said that the shield technically is not the government's property it's not. because that's a gray area legally yeah um so that helps us know that sam does not have to give it back mm -hmm. uh maybe they're going to request it still i mean they did from john they told him they said get it back expeditiously or something yeah. like that yeah um like a express Fergie, delivery Fergie song or something right um <laughs> So yeah, I I will say this too. I, I'm excited now to see Costanza and Loki. You know that, that's gonna be that's gonna be what I'm looking up. for. I mean, wow! You know, <laughs> yeah. you already got him. What's the deal with time? Yeah. Uh, Flag Smashers <laughs> next are looking around at the place. I believe it was the place in Latvia, and the, mm. it was it was raided by the mm. GRC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the GRC has now started cracking down on flag flag smasher related activities. And Carly is 
ticked. Mm. She's like, this is the last time we get stomped on. When are they going to, you know, treat us as humans? And she's been upset for a while, but she's reaching what seems like her breaking point to where she might do something she's not wanted to do in the past. Mm -hmm. And we'll see that reflected in a bit. So next we saw Zemo at the Sokovian monument. Yeah. Which was a great place. Like I didn't think of that, but that's like, it's the small stuff, man. Yeah. He goes, have you ever visited it? Of course you haven't. No. Yeah. Why would you? (laughs) And then of course, like he runs away. Where does he go? Which is interesting because he knew Bucky would know he was there. Mm-hmm. Once again, Zemo's like not afraid of prison. Mm-mm. And he's not afraid of Wakandan prison because no. he knows what's coming. Yeah. Zemo kind of knows everything before it happens. And I want to get into that especially. I would love to hear it because yeah. when Zemo goes to, it shows him at the monument, we see Bucky walk up on him on his right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, I'm surprised it took you this long. Mm-hmm. And we get a conversation between the two of them. Remember early on in the trailer, we saw those bullets falling. I told you about that. And yeah, yeah and you yeah. said they're full. Yeah. You know, they're not used. And I didn't think he was going to kill Zemo. This was the time where it was like, it felt like Bucky's not going to kill somebody right now. And so he held a gun to Zemo. Basically, he was tired of his words. He's like, you're going to stop talking. And Zemo looked like, you know, the Joker when he held a gun to his own head mm-hmm. from Batman or whoever. Well, I can't remember. There's so many people in that movie. And pretty much he was ready to die if Bucky so chose because I think he, he wanted knew, to. He knew that would be the end of Bucky, yeah. the super soldier, <laughs> yeah. one last time. So, in essence, he pulled the trigger. There was no bullets inside. Bucky was well aware of that, and he dropped the bullets in front of him as if to say, I was never intending to kill you, Zemo. Hmm. Off to a Wakandan prison you go. The Dormelage show up, and they, <laughs> they take him on his merry way. Mm. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So once again, kind of like a little throwaway line, uh, but I think it's Ayo. says a- Ayo. Ayo. Uh, she says uh, that I will he's going to the raft where he will live out the rest of his days the raft we've already seen before um but its implications are very very interesting because wakandans referenced it wakandans referenced the raft where is the raft the raft is an underwater prison which is where zemo will be going and he probably knew that which is why he wasn't he was actually wanting the winter soldier to kill him what else is underwater Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and this is why I'm thinking that, you know, I think you, I think you talked about it, uh, maybe on the way, but like before podcast, I don't remember. But you were talking about um, how like Wakanda's, Wakanda's being treated like, like you know they are the thing now, like they are where everyone's getting their technology from, everybody's getting yeah. something from Wakanda. Sure, is the new Tony Stark, right? And that's where I'm thinking absolutely one million percent Black Panther 2 will more than likely feature Namor because of that. Because at this point, you would think unless they've completely changed up the story because of Chadwick. Yeah. You almost think they would probably lean more into it now. But with them also creating a Wakandan series. This is my thoughts now. 
are are that they were not going to have a Black Panther in Black Panther 2 until the very end. And that's when Shuri comes in and accepts that mantle. Because I feel like that most of that story is actually going to be more about Wakanda. And you're going to have Namor coming in. And I, I kind of think I kind of talked about this in a previous episode. I don't remember which one, but like what I would actually like to see from it is like Namor actually destroy most of Wakanda to like set the tone, Ooh. set the mood That's because tough. they just lost T'Challa. They've lost T'Chaka. They're, and they just lost a lot of what already was Wakanda because that was the fight yes. area. But you're also going to have an internal struggle there too in Wakanda. You're going to have different tribes that everybody's are like, oh, everybody's fighting. back. Everybody's been gone for five years, but now everybody's back. And we want, you know, there could be there could be other tribes or, or whatever or leaders that are like, you know what? I'm the king now. Yeah. Because in the, the last five years, no one's been here. And then every all of a sudden everyone's back. Killmonger. So there like, could what's be what's up, Auntie? Yeah, <laughs> there, there could be an internal fight, and then Namor just shows up and just wrecks everything because they're fighting amongst Strike themselves. Hot. Right, they're fighting amongst themselves, but they're also like the leading uh, place to get, you know, anything, anything you want. Right, a trident maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and so. I think that's what happens, and it's because of those it's the attack that Namor would, you know, put them through. That Shuri's like, I gotta do this. Like, I have to put this on my back now because it's what T'Challa would have done, and we need, we need someone, and someone to do it right. So I think that's where we kind of get this set up for Namor. And I could be completely wrong. They could be doing this in you know Black Panther three. And Black Panther 2 could be more of a different story. Right. <laughs> but I definitely think they're setting up Namor. And I think that kind of proves it. Because like I said, it's a Wakandan that's referencing, once again, something underwater. You know, much like we had with uh, Okoye in mm-hmm. Endgame. Yes. Where she says about earthquakes the, off the earthquakes of off the coast. Or off the coast of Africa. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited about this because... Yeah, it, th- there's massive implications introducing a character like that. And I want to see what's actually going on in Wakanda because it actually seems like it's fine. Like, they're, well, I mean, I, sure, I, it's the Dora Milaje, but like. They were fine even when T'Chaka died and T'Challa was like out being a diplomat. Right. <laughs> That's the way to put it. Right. So Chasing it seems. Chasing down the Winter Soldier. It seems like, you know, they have like the cooler heads type. They function well without right. a king. They, they don't necessarily need one because they have a a monarchy set up I mean, mm-hmm. and they have their own system set up to where if a king's you know spot is vacant then people do literally fight for it mm-hmm. and i'm hoping personally that mbaku ascends i i love shuri as the scientist i don't necessarily need her as the black panther but i would be fine with her getting it mm-hmm. i'd also be okay with daniel kaluuya's ca- character ri- rising up over the past five years if he was i don't know if he dusted or not but uh, if he didn't, then maybe over that time he would have taken over for, you know, like, but Black Panther was gone for five years in Wakanda. Like, mm-hmm. what were they doing in the meantime? Exactly. Somebody had to be serving. Exactly. So I'd be interested to see what happened there. Maybe even Nakoye. We'll see. Nik- Nik- Nikia, possibly. Nikia. Because that'd she be, was technically, cool. you know, they weren't married, but they yeah. were together. I'm uh, very intrigued. Very, very, very uh, intrigued by this. I also want to know who else is in the raft. Right? 
What's that? I also want to know who else could be in the raft. You know, there, there's question. several people. It's probably somebody from space. Could be. Uh, there could be. There could be a lot of people there. Um, and uh, I'm I'm excited because I don't think Zemo's done. Maybe like Barry Manilow. He's <laughs> just chilling down there making How music for the inmates. At that copa. Yeah. <laughs> He's just in his cell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shut up, Barry. Yeah. That's the 20th time today. Hey, man. If Barry Manilow, if I ever have to be in a cell, I would love to be next to Barry Manilow. I'm good it's on the most, that. Did, did I think I'd be saying that line today? No. <laughs> <laughs> so we get into Sam visiting, and they they did take Zemo off to Wakanda, off to prison. And we next we get Sam visiting Isaiah um, Bradley. This was a tough scene. I mean, this was... There's no BS. It was just like straightforward. We got to hear all the words that we needed to hear in this episode mm-hmm. from Isaiah. And he kept it so real with Sam. And I loved so many lines. I can't remember word for word all these things. But he said, don't give me that bitter old man stuff. And he said, if, if you are black and you ain't bitter. Yeah. Then you got a problem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he. You're blind. I think he he said. told, yeah, which is ironic because Falcons have really good eyesight. Um, yeah, yeah. But We're catching he, on. He was just so fed up with the system, and it sounds you know it sounded similar to like a John Lewis or something from real life, mm. and like he could no longer be optimistic. He had had so many bad things done to him and this episode gave us the direct correlation of what Steve did to rescue Bucky and the other soldiers from the Hydra camp he was rewarded he was given more freedom more more room to roam and make his own Mm -hmm. decisions and Isaiah was told you're going away for that and we're going to find out how exactly you survived after all this time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to prey on you and, and pick you apart, experiment on you. You're going to be nebula to us. Basically. You know, it was, yeah. I mean, it was heart wrenching because he's, Sam is telling him you're a hero and everybody needs to know who you are. And he's so scarred that he's going, if I'm even seen, I'm going to die. And he, he really wouldn't nowadays, but he's so just beaten up by the system and he knows his legacy is a threat to everything the United States has been built on over the last 80 years that they would do everything they possibly can to keep him away from any limelight. Well, that's that he wants it. Well, as he said too, last 500 years, I mean, if we're being real, yeah, he got, you know, it's, uh, so yeah, you, you erase I, our history. Yeah. It's, it, it, I on uh, man, I I gotta say I I think this scene was maybe the most relatable that they've ever been in the history of the MCU. Just to real life, like I can't understand what it's like to be a black person, like, and I never will, but like I can try, right? And it's. Man, I I can't even like put it into words, like how that scene kind of made me feel, and um, just 
just amazing. Like like I said before, you know, we talked about uh, Sebastian Stan's acting in this show, how great a job he's done. Everybody, I think, has done a phenomenal job so far, including, uh, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who's playing Isaiah, he's done a fantastic job, uh, you know, uh, getting his point across and playing, portraying the character uh, extremely well. But some of these lines he was dropping were just unbelievably relatable. Carl Lumbly is the actor's name, by the way. Awesome. Deserves every bit of credit. Absolutely. Uh, man, like it really cut deep because it's like, yeah, like he probably would be dead if his name got out because it threatens the establishment that's been created. Like, like he said, like they don't want to, they don't want that to get out. And I mean, why would they? They were experimenting on people and then killing them slowly, like allowing them to die, wanting them to die just to do further experiments on them. And that's not right. Let alone, you know, it's a black man who's a hero and they just throw him away and cover up that story because it threatens their establishment. Uh, it's just sad, man. It's, it's, it's so, so sad because like you said, he loses his optimism because of it. And we'll get into it a little bit later too with Sam, because he does something that's kind of underrated, but it ties directly into the scene. And, uh, yeah, I, I just cannot say enough about the, the, the way in which they're moving and and what they're getting into um, and, and how they're doing it. Like, I, I got to say, man, this scene really made me feel like a lot of emotions. Like, it made me feel angry, made me feel sad, all in the same time. And they were literally just talking. Like, there was no action or anything going on. They were literally just talking. And he's talking about, you know, don't bring that uh, white man's shield or something like that in here. Stuff like that. Like, he really felt that betrayed, and rightfully so, that uh, he just didn't feel any kind of happiness in, number one, doing what he did and saving people and being a hero, but also just being alive, being in the country. Like, man, man, it cut. His story was necessary. Uh, I didn't realize how necessary it was until this happened. This wasn't even something we discussed. Um, We talked about the possibility of them introducing, um, you know, the the backstory of a black uh, Captain America. But we didn't really think that they would turn it into... Because what it's become is so important to who Falcon is now uh, and Sam Wilson I guess I should say at this point because he didn't Sam grew up in a different time than him mm-hmm. and was afforded pretty much all the opportunities that any other soldier was given and that's that's reality if you go military if you're on a football team yeah, often race does not play a big part in how high you go there anymore but right. the history of all that a 
applies regardless. Mm-hmm. And Sam hadn't really thought about it before. He spends his whole life helping other people. Yeah. And then. Well, he, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It, it's just like what we're dealing with now. It doesn't really rear its head until it does. And for Sam, he never really had to deal with that too much until he got the shield. And then what happened? He was asked to give it back. He thought he's doing the right thing. And then they're like, oh, it was literally just because we don't want to have a black Captain America. We want to put it on this guy because he's white and he's more, you know, whatever, approachable, whatever. Well, and that that might be the case. We don't know that for sure, honestly. Um, it just seems like that. I don't think they would have wanted Bucky to have it either, honestly. I just yeah. think they wanted it away from Ca- Captain America. Because Steve Rogers, as much as he did for the United States, honestly, the government wasn't a big fan of Steve Rogers either. They didn't like him. So they – and I think – Honestly, what was maybe most painful was Sam loves Steve and he knows how good of a guy he was. Mm. And he has to reconcile that with the fact that Steve's legacy is also built on this man's back. Yeah. Like Steve was a great super soldier. He was a great man. But without, you know, the harm that was done to this guy you cannot tell the whole story mm-hmm. and sam didn't know that story before and you know I, i'm guessing his partner in the military was probably white as well so like sam's whole career is likely built on strong friendships with you know white males that he didn't see as adversaries he saw as brothers and now isaiah is basically showing him hey be careful Mm-hmm. because you can't trust anybody but yourself and this was not made for you to succeed and honestly he called him he didn't call him but he said if anybody picks up that shield effectively he called him an uncle tom he's like right, right you're right, right. feeding into this white revisionist history that yes. covers up african-american and black history yeah they've been doing it since slavery mm-hmm. it's still happening they will never let a black man be Captain America. Yep. And what was beautiful is that Sam listened. He took it in stride and he really had to think about it and see this all the way through. And he still decided, I'm going to break that chain. Yeah. Instead of listening to my elders and saying, you're right, nothing will ever change. He's like, I'm going to be the change. Yeah. And that was the one thing that Isaiah no longer has. He doesn't have the will to fight anymore. He's yeah. too tired. Yeah. He's been beaten down. You could see he showed a scars on his stomach. Mm. He's been, he's been emaciated and, and destroyed from within and made to believe he wasn't good enough. And it shows. And, and Sam sees that and still is willing. That's courage. Cause Sam is seeing yeah. his possible future yeah 100%. and it's not a good one Mm-mm. and he says i'm still gonna do this yeah you can't that that was enough. the origin story that we never got mm-hmm. that we now have and <laughs> it's a good thing he didn't die early in the episode like he, i'm so fascinated by where this character goes now and to be honest though i was excited to see where he went i wasn't all in now i'm like 
Steve who? Like, let's yeah. go, Sam. I, I want to see what you do with this thing. Yeah. So it, it was a great scene because it filled a lot of gaps of things we never even knew needed to be filled. And now we're like, we get it. We understand it. We, we know what Sam has been through and what he'll have to be th going through in the future to sustain being a Captain America. And it's just getting started. Yeah. What I think they did a really good job of here is we've talked a lot about Steve on this podcast. And I think that what we're going to be doing in the future is more talking about Sam because what we're seeing and we see it later when he's like using the shield and like working with it. And we have that like awesome, like workout montage, basically. Um, he's going to, I really f fully believe that he's going to go through this thing without ever taking a super soldier serum. He's just going to outwork everything else and be just be him and just be Sam Wilson. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's exactly what Steve wanted. Steve was a super soldier, sure, but he always rep represented himself as Steve Rogers. And we're going to see that exact same thing with Sam Wilson, only he's not going to be a super soldier. There's not going to be anything crazy cool about him. It's just what's cool about him is that he's doing it by himself, doing it through hard work and not taking no for an answer and just completely pushing through and breaking the glass ceilings and grabbing the brass rings, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. But, and I, and I think that that's an even better story than him becoming a super soldier and all this other stuff. Like, yeah, man, I, I'm fully invested in Sam. I wanna, I wanna see where he goes. This was such a great scene, and you, you could tell he really listened to Isaiah and wanted to think it over. And you know, when he, he heard so much, you know, black terror, really, um, he he called his sister immediately and he said, "I'm coming home." Yeah, you know, he he wanted to be around those he loved, and maybe. He saw a little bit of his parents in Isaiah as well and what they went through. And he started thinking about all that they've done for him. And uh, it was it was a great scene. And that, uh, that well, brought us back to New Orleans. And we got to see Sam again, some more fleshed out storyline. We get to know his community. Yeah. And, and to speak a little bit more about Isaiah too, I think when he was listening to Isaiah, he was also listening to his sister because his sister has been kind of experiencing the same thing uh, through the loans and through the banks and stuff like that and trying to stay afloat like and just being treated differently and uh, you don't really know why but you can only assume because of how you've been treated differently in the past that it's because of your skin color and uh, so I think he kind of you know made that connection as well possibly and you know, to see what we see next, you know, with the community and in the boat and everything. It was just, just awesome. I loved that so much. We needed that from what we already had previously. We got a lot of stuff and a lot of like emotional twists and turns and pulls and amazing stuff. We needed something to kind of slow us down a little bit. It was a lot of fun. He, Sam went back home and he was helping, uh, his, uh, nephews, right? Yeah. Really? with uh untying this you know irrelevant i don't know what it is but 
it, he was just kind of like helping that. around the boat area yeah. and he you know is like you remember how much our parents did for all these people and he was making a joke but he said let's let's call in some favors and he made some calls and the whole community turned out to help the wilsons and so they all started working on the boat and there there was a a really really heavy item on the truck and he's like how are we going to get this thing off and then all of a sudden you see (laughs) an arm come in lift it up it's a pallet like a whole pallet of stuff drops it on the ground and there's bucky and that was cool because Mm -hmm. When in need, uh, here comes Bucky, you know, to the rescue. And he was there for other reasons, but he he wanted to help out Sam. And, you know, we don't have to go detail for detail in this scene. This, this was a fun one where you get to see his community, his family bond together, fix this boat. This boat was a rallying cry for the family. And Bucky helped out with every little task that he could with his arm. We got some really funny scenes where Sam just being a human is trying to do something. And Bucky comes over and he's like, just touches it with his hand and he fixes it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was awesome. He, the way that they played off each other in these moments in their comedic nature was brilliant. It was so fun to watch. This was one of my most enjoyable scenes of the entire series so far. Me too. And I I really liked the, the, scene where the uh, pipe is bursting and Sam's trying to like tighten it and then yes. Bucky does it and then Sam looks at him he's like why didn't you use your left hand he's like well I'm more of a right handed person well, he said some, he said, <laughs> first he said sometimes I forget yeah sometimes I forget and, and he's, he's like, like and I'm right handed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was great yeah I sometimes that. I forget that makes sense though yeah like he's not he hasn't had a vibranium arm for his entire like coherent life Mm-hmm. So he's still getting used to his vibranium arm and he is tightening the thing with his right hand. It was hilarious. That's so good. I mean, I loved this scene a lot. Just them working with each other and bonding. And that's what we wanted to see was just them bonding and becoming a team. Uh, you know, because like they said, you know, we're not we're not partners, you know, but they are. And they're they're uh, they're becoming, you know more of a partnership as every episode ends it seems like and his sister was like you didn't really just visit us you don't have any leads do you (laughs) like you're waiting (laughs) on one so in this time that they were fixing this boat it was their task at hand they had nothing else to do carly was the the route had run dry or whatever you want to in the wind say yeah so they they worked on the boat and it gave us some great scenes it showed us the the people in his community and just a lot of fun to watch and we got uh bucky being a dude like a person just a Mm. guy yeah and we haven't seen bucky in that way before so i thought that was really fun to just see them play off of each other and Bucky like knowing how to fix things on a boat. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? You know, he's a well-traveled man. Apparently. Well, he's literally a, he yeah. went around the world killing people at yeah. one point in time. Yeah. He, so uh, he probably loosened a boat bolt or two to get into a, you know, a cockpit or something. I don't right. know what they're called on boats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a boater. 
Captain's quarters or whatever. A pirate. There it is. Captain's quarters. Uh, yeah, I guess that works. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's... Um, it's a solid boot. He just... Uh, and being a guy, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, like, First Avenger. You know, like, when he's with Steve before they go into the war and, and all yeah, of that was, stuff. Like, it was, it was kind of refreshing. He's that guy. Yeah, because he was him again. He's such a robot most of the time. Yeah. And he's so... He's like Hulk. He's just afraid to, like, hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. And then him hitting on Sarah. Not even really hitting on Sarah, just being like, hi, Sarah. It was just I'm the Bucky. eyes. It was the yeah, way was he the looked eyes. at her. Yeah, right. He said... I love that Sam stopped. Like, he's he walking into... Over, he's like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> and Bucky, Bucky was like, well, I guess I got to go to a hotel. And Sam was like, don't make me ask. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can stay the night. Just don't hit on my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah. That's great. And next we got to see John Walker meeting Lamar's family. It was his mother, his father, and his sister. And he told them, I killed your son's murderer. Mm. That's the second time he said that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Carly was the one that killed him. But he, in a way, thinks that they will be more accepting of what he did and we'll find more peace in that the guy or the person that killed their son is, is now gone. Uh, they apparently loved John and Lamar. They said spoke so highly of him every single day that he was so proud to be his partner. And that underscores what we thought. Lamar was very happy to be the sidekick. He believed in John and that was why he hyped him up at every moment and the parents you know validated that i kind of got some really weird vibes off of that but because i was thinking now as they were saying this one i'm thinking like well i wonder what isaiah thinks of that you know what i mean like if he's been there through it all with him then you know he deserves some credit too, much like John Walker. You know, John Walker kind of got all the fame and glory, but he had his best friend there with him too that got basically nothing from it, just the sidekick role. And he was cool with that, but like... Well, some would, some hmm. have said that he's he was not a good friend to John because he enabled him and he didn't correct his ways. Um, but well, again, we don't know what his his military history is yeah we don't know that yet and one day we might but it's hard to throw that at him from what we've seen though i think he was as we said you know like kind of like john's north star always like he always kind of had something you know to, to cool him down to give him some kind of positivity of a situation uh and uh that's what john needed he needed his his wingman and uh so once again, I mean, it's kind of understandable that he would go into a fit of rage after losing him. Um, it's just, man, like when you're Captain America, you can't, you can't do that. And uh, and at the same time, now that he's lying, you know, it's adding another layer to the John Walker persona more than it is anything else. Right. It's like, why are you still lying? Right. Like I've already killed someone, might as well lie too on top of that. And uh you know, it's it's just becoming more and more and more personal for John Walker. 
than anything else. Like we saw in the previous episode, I believe, he where he's like, you know, getting whipped up on and he's like, they're not even super soldiers. Like he's so into himself that he doesn't care about anything else anymore. Like he just lost his best friend and he's lying to his parents, to their parents about how he died and who he avenged what and all this other stuff. Like it's a, uh, it's just a very me first attitude with him. And, uh, once again, it adds to the character. It, it, it creates even more hatred towards the character because you're, I think the last scene that you see him in, you kind of relate to him a little more. And yeah, just it, as we once two steps forward, three steps back. Exactly. And that's been the entire way with John Walker has been like, Oh, it's just when you can relate to him. They're like, Nope. Like, it's yeah, the old Dave Chappelle. Gotcha. Like, yeah. <laughs> you give him some benefit, and then he just grabs the rope and you know runs away. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we'll see the family again. I think that was just a, a scene that needed to take place. Yeah. And next we get Sharon. We get to see Sharon again. Mm. And she is calling somebody, somebody that speaks French. And it turns out to be Batrock. Do you watch, real quick? Yeah. You watch with subtitles on like me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. said Bat Rock. It said Bat Rock immediately. Yeah, exactly. Always. I always watch the subtitles. Uh, yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, immediately, if you had subtitles on, you know it's Bat Rock. Uh, but you could have insinuated that with the French accent. Like, there's not too many not people too many in people, the MCU yeah. with a French accent. <laughs> but she was saying, um, actually, I can't even remember exactly what she was saying. But Basically, I, like, I, I got that, a lead. Yeah, like, I, I've got something for you to do, pretty mm-hmm. much. And. So that was interesting in the moment. We later realize, you know, what's going on with the Flag Smashers, but uh, Sharon, Sharon's pulling triple agent here, mm, you know, yeah. and very curious to see. They didn't even address the, the power broker at all. Mm-mm. So uh, I guess we'll get that next episode. Your, your guess is getting closer to being correct. No, yeah, you said the last credit scene, right? Yeah. Last, last end credit scene, possibly. We we uh, can see that. Interesting. Next ep- or next episode, next scene was shield practice or uh, Sam and and Bucky throwing the shield around that we saw in the trailer. So we got a few different trailer moments from this episode, and this was cool because it was showing that both of them have some abilities with the shield, and Sam is especially working on throwing it. He's got some pads taped up to the trees so he doesn't like chop them down. I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, yeah, it, it just, it was a lot of fun seeing them banter. There's some really good conversation here. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I wanted to focus on and you can bring up whatever you'd like was that we found out that Steve talked to uh, Bucky before he gave Sam the shield. Mm-hmm. So almost like, you know, alerting parents that you're going to propose he said, hey, Buck, what do you think? I'm going to give Sam the shield. And this is where we found out why. Because he basically was telling him, he chose you because you really remind you know, him of himself. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the reason. It wasn't, again, because of being a good soldier. You were a good person. And you were right for this, this shield. And, and Sam was, like, apologizing for giving it up in the first place. And... This is a cool moment because there's two guys who have a long history of fighting and bickering, 
and they were just honest with each other and talking about their personal feelings related to really everything that was going on and i i loved it me too i thought that was a very good scene because we got some backstory into things we got some insight into what was going on um and yeah i mean sam was sam is literally like exactly like steve and very in in a, in a many different ways but um what i found interesting was like you know uh bucky um kind of his like therapeutic the therapeutic side of things you know and sam's like you know you've got a you're kind of going about your your business the wrong way and you should be more focusing on being the help for people instead of kind of being in like a self-serving kind of mentality because it's not working. And immediately I thought of Nakajima. Like immediately I was like, okay, well next episode he's going to finally get that closure with Nakajima because that's the one thing that they have ever related to that's really been tying, like holding him back. So I think that's what we get next episode. That might be the first scene of the Nakajima next episode. Just like one touch punches him. I know. Him out. <laughs> what did my, my grandson, yeah. or was it son or grandson? Son, please. Okay. Might be grandson. I think it's son. Yeah, I think it's son. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting because it does address the things. And, and I kind of got that right off the bat that like Bucky wasn't doing therapy in a proper way to really actually help him. It was just like... He's trying to finish it. Trying to close a book, basically. Like he was just trying to make sure that other things didn't happen in the future. And that those people got punishment. And instead of, you know, what do I need to do to fix myself? Yeah. And those two conversations are are great because, like you said, it, it fills up some gaps, um, closes some holes, and gave us a cool scene between the two of them that, though the boat scenes were very cool, it's kind of, that was escapism. Now we're back to the shield. We're back to the real story. Mm-hmm. And they leave on good terms uh bucky heads out and they they shook hands they you know briefly hugged and shoulder tap they're they're good to go you know when they need to call each other they'll be there yeah then we got rocky balboa sam wilson (laughs) in his montage of training which was must have been like a day (laughs) yeah nonetheless he was training and he was doing cardio. He was working on his moves, his flips and stuff. And he's not a super soldier. So when he throws the shield, it's like catching, you know, a knife. Mm-hmm. He's got to be really careful in the way he executes that. And so he was trying to teach himself how to catch it correctly, how to not only catch it, but brace as he's catching it, use it as the weapon. So this was a big musical montage. And by the way, great music in this new Orleans scene. Um, all of them with the boat scenes everything awesome music that kind of drew you into exactly what they wanted you to feel but we got to see sam learning his way around the shield some of it was funny he kept missing over and over and over but he slowly got it and his little nephews were like a part of it they were like running behind coaching him him on basically yeah yeah, so i i thought this was really cool you know we're we're kind of just talking a lot about fun happy scenes 
over the last few uh, scenes, and that that's kind of nice, honestly, after some of the stress we've had right, over the right. past two episodes. But yeah. this is really cool. There was just – I was saying, I don't think anybody else in this entire MCU has gotten like a musical montage of working out and figuring – because it can be really cheesy. <laughs> yeah. and so it's yeah. hard to get past that. And in a way, right. this one was too. But it served a purpose of – he was training because he's going to need to be ready for this this final battle. Yeah, and I and I kind of got a little teary eyed a little bit during this because the reality of the situation kind of hit me. Like he's training so hard because he's not going to take that serum, I think, and he wants to do it his way. He yeah, he's, and he's already said he's not going to take it. So. Exactly, he's he's very adamant about not taking it and being his own person and being him and. That's what you need from Captain America. You need a good man first. Exactly. And uh, he's working hard, man. And he's not going to... He's going to outwork everybody in in the room. And that's the kind of mentality that he's uh, he's um, picked up. And yeah, I've really felt a certain kind of way about it, man. Because that's, uh, that's kind of what you need from a Captain America. You don't want the guy, I mean, we've already seen what happens when you give the guy who's kind of worked hard and been given all these accolades and stuff like that and being told that you're awesome the whole time. You know, it's it's a, you need humility. Humility is probably, to me, it's the biggest trait and the best trait that any person can ever have is humility. Uh, because you see it too often, you know, people who become famous from being nothing, you know, being a basically a nobody, and then they get fame and dissipates, goes away. They lose it all. Because oftentimes they, they lose that sight of humility. They lose that grounding that they had because they're so en- entranced with getting away from that and running away from that. And, uh, you know, at, at one point, you know, that's the important thing to look at when you're looking at John Walker is at one point, John Walker was a kid, <laughs> a kid that had a dream of being something at some point in his life. And you see all these crazy things and events happen over time. And then you see what happens, you know, kind of a deeper way of looking at things. Sure. But like, it's nice to see that like humble approach of I'm going to be a superhero without actually like having a super trait or a super quality, which is very, very, very cool to me. He'll get a super soon, but it's not going to be inside him. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was cool because this is the first moment where you're like, he's going to try to beat Captain America. Like we know now he's training. He's literally working towards it. And, um, uh, not to be upstaged in the immediate next scene, we see the Flag Smashers meeting Batrock, and his plan is to kill Sam Wilson. Yeah. So he better train because mm-hmm. he's got a trained assassin coming for him. He's got an MMA fighter coming for him. Yeah. And Carly apparently made up her, her mind yeah. because she chose remember, violence. <laughs> uh, she, she said. I'm calling your sister to find out if I should kill you. And I think she wants to kill him now. So we'll see uh, 
that that lead up is is coming, and I'm a little afraid for Falcon. <laughs> so, a little bit. Um, we'll we'll know early next episode once we see what's in that box if if he's gonna be. I'm at not a, too worried about a it. level playing field. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I think Falcon's gonna handle his business. I sure hope so. I, I really do. And uh, in the next scene, we see Sam talking to Torres and on the phone and on the news we see a grc council taking form and torres mentions something about uh flag smashers popping up in new york which was interesting we'll see if that you know plays into something in the future it was like a phone ping which we saw yeah uh carly do earlier she tapped the thing and then like all the people responded and, and you noticed flag smashers were like they're huge at this yeah. point yeah it was it's a huge it, obviously like in that park it was kind of pre-planned for people to be there, but there's a lot of flag smashers. Mm -hmm. So we then go kind of inside the TV and we are at the GRC council where they're all speaking. It has a United Nations feel mm -hmm. where each country is represented and they're all talking about what to do with, you know, their next moves involving refugees and, uh, housing them in certain areas. And the main guy who's also the guy that, brandished the the shield for uh captain america john walker and was given to him which i we assumed was like secretary of defense or something like that uh maybe he's higher though i don't know if he's taking care of that it might be vice president yeah and so from that point though the lights go out they turn red which is the color of the flag smashers and we notice even prior to that there was two guys on the inside that seemed to be almost part of security or something hmm. and they so were one saying world, one, one world one people yeah one and people, that's yeah. the, the kind of the catchphrase for for the flag smashers yeah and so it seems like they've infiltrated this council and you mentioned you think they're probably going to hold them hostage until they get what they want or something related to that so that's where we leave off with the flag smashers uh did you get anything major from that scene or do you think what's more to come is is more important uh, I, I mean, I definitely, I mean, episode six could very easily go exactly the way episode five went, where we just hop right into the action and then we get the, uh, kind of like the story stuff on the, you know, back end of the episode and then maybe a big reveal at the end. Um, I think we'll see, uh, it's very possible. And, and I think that this is what's going to happen here is they could go i think we'll get nakajima i think that'll be the first thing i, I think that ha kind of has to be the first thing is uh bucky and nakajima kind of you know mending that relationship and then bucky kind of getting that closure which sets up him fighting now because now when he's fighting he's like he's got something you know what i mean like he's got some intent now and uh you know once you find that closure you're no longer this you know, robot type situation. Like, I think he'll, I think he'll be more of a, uh, I think he'll be a better fighter based off of that. But I think that's what we'll get. And then we'll get the whole situation with what's going on, you know, at, as we leave off. Um, I think John Walker sees what's going on. Sam pops up, him and Batrock fight. Sam wins. Um, but it's possible too that like Sam something happens to Sam and he gets like injured during the fight. Then 
when John Walker shows up, it's like, you know, all hands on deck. Like, I need Bucky now. <laughs> and then Bucky probably will have some kind of cool entrance to the fight, I would assume. Like theme music? Like what no, are you no, no, no. <laughs> like, he's just going to come in and just immediately, like, okay. boom, 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 but like, you know, beating people up. <laughs> I mean, I, would be, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's hilarious. But uh, I think he'll have some kind of cool, like, scene cool where he just kind of pops in and starts wrecking uh what did you make of the shield that in the end credit scene uh, i like fashioning it. a shield. If, if you guys didn't see there's an end credit scene yeah uh, i i like it i like the idea because he's uh we, we've seen this with him over and over again that like he is intent on being captain america Desperate. even when being told that you're, you're you can't be captain america anymore he's yeah the first sound you notice what it sounded like when it was coming in? Yeah. It sounded like Iron Man. Yeah. I got ding, that too. Ding. Yeah. Um, he's fashioning his own shield. And it, the way he's making it, though, it doesn't seem that like tough. No. It's like three aluminum pieces. Yeah. And it also you know, has the, the, the metal that he won on it. Which doesn't seem like, like that's cool. Mm-hmm. But I feel like its purpose is it's going to just Look like, at me. fly off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know though, man. I I don't know. I don't know where this goes, to be honest, because I really felt like John Walker would probably not have a place going forward. Now he does. Yeah. And and he's almost more likely to die based on this episode in this series, but it also launches a potential storyline in the future. Mm -hmm. So they could go either way. And obviously they've made their decision already. It's filmed, but like, at this yeah. point, I would not be surprised either way if he died or if he got an extended series. Like, I could see him in three more movies. Like, I, I don't know what they want to do with him. They might want to go forward with a, a Sam Wilson Captain America versus U.S. Agent Captain America storyline to see the United States being split, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot of possibilities, and I'm pretty excited. I'm actually – I'm going to think about it, honestly, this weekend, and – I. I'm so excited after this episode. I'd really like to do a full preview next next week. We got to do it. So I'm completely down for that. And yeah. I want to think more and more about what's possible because I I don't I want to cherish this last episode because it's gonna fly by. Yeah. It's gonna it's, be gone. So let's make as many episodes of yeah. this, this last one as we possibly can. And we do. We gotta watch it together. We haven't watched. Yeah, it Yeah. Yeah. We like do need to weeks. watch it together. It's been see if we catch any little things. It's been really um, weird. And next Friday, we're going to be. Um, uploading early, we'll be we'll be watching it uh, the day of Friday. We'll work around your class stuff, but beyond that, we're gonna get it out to you as soon as we possibly can. I took off work for it because this is this, this is, is huge, awesome. This is so important, huge, huge, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, it's just gonna be so much fun, and I'm super excited. We we had such a great episode, and WandaVision was an awesome show to get us kicked off, and once Doctor Strange and, and Spider-Man and all that stuff comes around, we're going to be right back with, with Wanda. But right now, I'm captivated by this story. Captivated. Sam Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know the best wing- wingman in the MCU? Falcon. Yeah. Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> For multiple degrees, he probably would be the best wingman. But yeah. he's Falcon. He's got wings. Um, <laughs> Bucky would try to steal the girl that you're talking to. Yeah. but yeah. No, Bucky wouldn't even try they just leave with bucky yeah know? basically so 
I don't know. I'm just having so much fun with this show. This has been fantastic. I hope Loki's even better, but it's going to be tough to beat. It's yeah. not even over yet. Yeah, you know? it's not even Hopefully over Hopefully the yet. finale doesn't disappoint, of course. Right. There's always the risk of that. But, right, right. I mean, MCU's shot straight you know, arrows for a while now. Mm-hmm. So They don't really miss. I, they don't. Um, I'm going to hope we can do it Monday or Tuesday, get that preview out even if we're reiterating some points i just want to talk about it again honestly yeah same same so do you have any last thoughts no man just just that i i can't wait for the preview episode now i'm excited it's so uh, much fun so much i guess the one thing we'll get more into it in the preview but if we're just like one word answer that box from wakanda it's the suit right it's the suit it's got to be the suit. it's a suit it's either that or like a cane (laughs) there's like a cool looking cane because i feel like Bucky would be like, fly in Sam would like that. That's an umbrella? And he <laughs> right, just flies yeah, yeah, yeah. In. <laughs> <laughs> there it happens, y'all. Uh, yeah, it's the suit. It's yeah, got to be the suit. suit. 100%. And when I when I said that, it's got to be the suit, I thought of the old Michael Jordan commercial. It's got to be the shoes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is great. Oh, got to be the shoes. So good. Uh, but, I'm, yeah, I'm so excited. We're going to talk about that and more in our preview episode. I really think we're going to get a lot of people listening to this thing this week, and I'm really excited for that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen so many fans, you know, tune in, and it's weird to say fans because just the idea of somebody listening to you is all always odd. Yeah. But we've had so much support, and even so on our like off days where you know we're not uploading something, and maybe even we're four to five days past an episode, I see you guys listening. We really appreciate it. The Facebook group has been great. Uh, if you're not already uh, in our community, the Marvel Guys on Facebook, everything's spelled more normally. It's the Marvel Guys podcast, I guess, if you're extended. And we also have a Twitter, same thing. And it's just been an awesome time. You can find this, you know, pretty much everywhere. If you ever search the Marvel Guys podcast on yeah. the internet now, it's literally everywhere. That's awesome. So that's cool. That's awesome. I but that let me know yeah. if we can do anything for you guys. If you want us to talk about something specific, We'll throw it into our episode with uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier preview. But we just wanted to say, and Spencer, you know, we, we always thank you guys. Mm-hmm. We love every every person that listens to us for a minute or two or an hour. So appreciated. And we can't wait to talk about the next episode, both in preview form, and then we'll recap it for you next Friday. Thank you for joining us this week. We will talk to you very soon. Peace.